Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I sure am Kelly. Kelly. Yep. There was a lot of news. This It's you. There's a lot of news. <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't want to frighten you. Oh, but jump scare. Our first item. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I got really scared, though. So I didn't say what it was yet. I know, but you said you didn't want to frighten me, and the anticipation was making me frightened. Okay, well, now we're going to be talking about Boo! <laughs> ah! Got you. Five Nights at Freddy's, the film, now that's a generous term, the movie, has a release date along with a trailer. I was surprised this movie's coming out October 27th. I kind of thought this movie was never actually going to come out, but we got a 47-second teaser um, uh, it has that guy from the Hunger Games and Zathora. Josh Hutcherson? Yeah. Hutcherson? Hutchins? Hutcherson. Sure. He's old now. No. Stop it. He's you're, just... You can't... You're, it's so, like, you can't say that. Like, it's making me really upset. Wow. You're, like, really upset all of a sudden. I love him. I loved him in the Hunger Games. Are you excited to watch his head be bit off by the freaking Freddy Fazbear? Oh, you know. It has Shaggy no. from Scooby-Doo in it. Yeah. It looks... Okay. I'll say it looks better than I expected, but still kind of pretty dumb, right? Yeah. I'm kind of getting the impression that it's going to be, like, maybe fun to watch, but not a very good movie. If it lines like up, we'll watch Five it Five Nights at Freddy's games that are... Like, not really that good, but they're fun with the first time you play them. And yeah. then it, you're like, I'm never touching this again. We'll watch it together if it works out, since it's on Peacock. Because I would not pay to go see this in a theater. <laughs> That's true. It is. I can't believe you say Josh Hutcherson is old. He literally looks the same as he did when he was in The Hunger Games. And that was like he 10 years ago. He doesn't look old. He just looks... I'm used to him in, like, kicking and screaming and Zathura, like... movies from when i was a little kid yeah yeah that's a deep cut that's like um uh he was in uh bridge to terabithia Terabithia, yeah (laughs) that movie was very traumatizing but this is not a movie podcast no we have talked about exclusively movies thus far (laughs) that's that's true but there's more news Uh uh video game related news if you're interested um some of us in this podcast you space stop you do not play. Do not tie me into this. Andrew, what? you play Fortnite, okay? I don't want to hear I it. I don't play Fortnite anymore. Yeah, you do. You're literally lying. <laughs> I used don't to. Don't lie to me. Stop I it. admitted the truth. Okay. Um, so the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody knows Overwatch 2 kind of was supposed to happen because they were adding a, a PVE. Uh, um, so like an enemy uh, person versus enemy mode. Um. But they kind of canceled it now, which was announced last week. Um, Canceled in a sense that the things that were shown are not happening. There are still elements of it coming to the game, supposedly. But um, the the plan that was originally in place is no longer happening. So I think that this is does not bode well because not only does it mean that Overwatch 2 kind of happened for no reason, but it also means that Blizzard, notoriously morally correct 
company, Blizzard, <laughs> um, lied uh, quite thoroughly. And people are saying, oh, they didn't lie. They didn't lie. But it's like... Yes, they did. They kind of did. Um, so... I don't know. I play Overwatch 2. I'll admit it. I feel like I'm at a meeting. Hi, I'm Kelly. I play Overwatch 2. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> um, but I, I don't see this game, you know, lasting for as long as Overwatch 1 lasted. Well, I'm confused. This story is just confusing to me because from the get-go, Overwatch 2 made a little bit of sense to me because I'm like, oh, well, the PvE mode, that explains it, you know? It makes sense when you can put that in consideration. But, like, removing that from the equation, what's the point? What is well, the purpose? I, well, they wanted to start doing a battle pass system, so that was probably the main motivator because it would make more money. Mm-hmm. But also, there are still going to be PvE elements. So there's still going to be story missions. They're just going to be released, like, piecemeal, uh, which is kind of what they're doing now. Uh I know you don't play the game, but no. I do. So speaking from personal experience, uh, there are PVE sections of the game that happen for certain events and stuff like that. So, just seems like um, they botched it to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for them because they did technically. I mean, what we were pr- said was going to be happening is no longer happening. Yeah. Um, and I would prefer that they don't lie to us or at least don't sell us on something that's not happening. Um, I think to this game's benefit, it is technically free. So at least people aren't being deceived and paying for it. (laughs) But I will say, I I think that, you know, they do have an opportunity at this point to, it's so hard with Blizzard. They've lost so much goodwill over the past couple of years. And this is just another example of like, you guys are really, really not doing great. Um, Dinguses. So I'm not really sure. I think it's interesting uh, that the, res- I mean, I think the response has been interesting. I mean, it's pretty much universally hated that this is not happening. Even people who didn't care about PVE, like I don't really care about PVE, um, like the principle of it is yeah. uh, pretty disappointing. But That's how I feel. Like I don't care about Overwatch, but like, I was genuinely interested if they were going to bring in some story elements in looking at this game. But if they're taking that out, what's the point? And this just further leads to the betrayal of people who, like, were super on board for Overwatch for years, on Overwatch for years, and, like, shutting that down and turning it into another game that has far worse uh, economic mechanics as far as, like, how you get stuff. Um, This is just another betrayal for those people who have already suffered so much for you know, they're basically losing the game that they love slowly and painfully. Yeah, I mean, shutting Overwatch 1 down was their, was a huge, huge mistake. Yeah. Because really what Overwatch 2 is right now is all they did was take it from 6v6 to 5v6 and add a few new things, which could 100% have been done Just in, in the Overwatch original, 1. yeah, just update. Yeah. Or make a new mode. Um, yeah, so... I'm not going to say I'm disappointed personally, but I think that this is disappointing uh, morally and, uh, you know, on principle. Something that maybe isn't disappointing, if you're a fighting game fan, is the announcement not of Mortal Kombat 12, but of Mortal Kombat 1. 
what are we, an Xbox over here? Um, also, I had this trailer unmuted, and it starts with a guy talking quietly, and I didn't know it was unmuted, and I thought somebody was, like, whispering into a microphone, and I'm like, nobody else is on this call. That would be real really scared. scary. It's our Google agent that's assigned to, like, listen in on all our calls. They're like, yeah, but it's so private. It'd be scary. They're, like, a really passionate Mortal Kombat fan, and they're like, I want to talk about it so bad. Especially somebody coming in and being like, it's time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a little bit scary. So this is a uh, a reboot of sorts for the Mortal Kombat series. Has a ton of the characters that you know. Some of them look a little different. Some don't really look a little different. Uh, this was just a cinematic announcement. It's safe to assume that we'll probably see gameplay either at, well, there's a lot of summer gaming events coming up. Lots of opportunities for them to show off potential gameplay. Uh, the big surprise is that it is coming very soon, September 19th. And this is not the most surprising just because we had heard uh, through that investor's call that there was a Mortal Kombat game coming out this year. But, you know, September 19th is not very far from now. That's less than three months or four months. Sorry. Um, That's a pretty quick turnaround for a AAA game. And the cinematic teaser, even if it is just cinematic, is pretty cool. Very, very graphically impressive. Um, Don't watch it at work like I did. Because right at the end, it's a Mortal Kombat trailer. Of course it was going to get violent, but, like, gets very suddenly violent. And I, <laughs> I was not fully prepared for that. So. Yeah. Everyone in this... Okay, here's the thrilling commentary from Kelly that you guys are all waiting for. Everyone in this trailer is really, really hot. It's crazy. Yeah. Especially when their heads explode. Yeah, I mean, that's really... That's really what we're looking for here. Yeah. Some exploding it's, heads. Some ripped limbs, exploding heads. I mean, what more could you possibly want from a Mortal Kombat game? Um, combat footage, probably. Uh, pish posh. We'll see it in like three weeks. Yeah. Or less. We'll see. Or less. Three weeks or less. <laughs> That's what the pizza man says. That would be the worst <laughs> pizza delivery service ever known to man. Order now. But, Get it in three weeks or less guaranteed but hopefully you live in a safe area otherwise your pizza man would be dead by daylight (laughs) oh my god kelly (laughs) kelly sorry it's for the next news story you guys (laughs) um so for those of you who play dead by daylight you probably know that there are some story elements to the game that you can piece together uh through little lore tidbits here and there in like item descriptions and stuff like that But something very exciting for me, Kelly, personally, is that um, the uh, Behavior, who are the Dead by Daylight developers, and Supermassive Games, who created Until Dawn and The Quarry and the Dark Pictures Pictures. Anthology. I love the Dark Pictures. Are collaborating to make a single-player Dead by Daylight game, uh, which is very fun, uh, very cool. and it is, you know, confirmed to be pretty much expanding the lore, an intense narrative experience, um, which I think tracks pretty well for Supermassive Games. Um, I think this is a really beautiful marriage of properties. So I am very excited personally. This is such a you news story. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The only news story that could be more me is uh, Dragon Age 4. Yeah. You know. uh, well, let's give that one some time. Let's anyway um i didn't expect this crossover 
this was well first of all I saw it and I was like wow Kelly is ecstatic I'm sure because <laughs> it's just like two of your favorite things merging and yeah, also absolutely. it makes so much sense it does it I'm, really does I'm genuinely excited because I think Dead by Daylight has some really cool some really cool story uh, elements and it's something that I couldn't entirely get into the game because I'm not big into multiplayer games but being able to experience a story in like a style that I like because I do like super massive games a lot um, that's really cool and unique and unexpected so I'm hoping this isn't too far off yeah me too I am um, I'm very excited I feel like the Dead by Daylight I think what makes it so interesting is like part of the charm of the game is like all the different character crossovers that you're getting from all these different horror IPs like you've got like Mike Myers and Ghostface and like Bubba from Texas Chainsaw Massacre his name's not Bubba well in the game everybody calls in the game everybody calls him Bubba so oh is that actually his name or is it just what the short term the shorthand of it uh that's a great question I his name in the game is the hillbilly I think or no the cannibal anyway There's two, so there's, so back when Dead by Daylight first came out, they released a killer that was like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Bubba knockoff, basically. He was like a hillbilly who ran around with a chainsaw, and they call him the hillbilly. Um, but then they got the rights to use Bubba, so now they have two killers who are kind of similar, and one of them is called Billy, and one of them is called Bubba. Anyway, that's not important. The point is, is that despite <laughs> all of this, like, crossover IP that's inside Dead by Daylight, the game still manages to be really have a, a lot of like really interesting lore elements like tied into its original characters and its original killers. Um, so I'm excited to see how they incorporate that because obviously we don't, th- I, I don't think that they'll be able to work within, I don't think they'll be able to work with the same cast necessarily that they have yeah. for the multiplayer game. This is obviously a natural extension of the dating sim that came out not long ago. Oh my gosh. I wish they would add more uh, characters to the dating sim because um, it's fun, but once you romance all four, it's kind of like... You're done. You're done. Which, to be fair, it was like $15, so... Yeah. Do you hear the train? Yeah, choo-choo. Let's leave. Oh my goodness. Kelly's being attacked. You heard it here here first, folks. That... There's... I've never heard a train. (laughs) What? Well, my window's open right now. Uh, There's see. also a plane flying by. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly lives in a, uh, oh my God, Kelly lives in a freaking transportation <laughs> hub, apparently. <laughs> it just keeps going. It was really bad last night when we were trying to watch Succession. It was just like, <laughs> That conductor knows you have a podcast. He's. He said, choo-choo. He's doing it to spite me. I hope that he doesn't spite you all the way until Wednesday, May 24th. Uh, but Me it sounds too. like he I really might hope at, so this too. Point, at this <laughs> point. It's, uh, yeah. At this point, it sounds like he might. But hopefully he's done because on Wednesday, May 24th at 4 p.m., if you're listening this day of release, that's tomorrow. Um, PlayStation is having, for the first time in years, which scares me a little bit, a PlayStation showcase. This is different from PlayStation State of Play. There's a lot more, uh, shall we say, oomph behind a showcase. There's a lot more uh, money and expectation behind it, whereas State of Plays can be kind of small. This is clearly trying to bring people in, 
just to read some of the description that they have here. Expect a glimpse at several new creations, several new creations from PlayStation Studios, as well as spellbinding games from our third-party partners and indie creators. This will be an hour-long showcase focused on PS5 and PSVR 2 games. That's a lot of confidence to be saying several (laughs) and to be saying one hour of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to expect. I don't. I mean, Spider-Man 2, yeah. I think there's a lot of rumors going around about the PlayStation-funded... Uh, this is kind of a little spoiler. Just get 15 if you're, if you're worried about it. Maybe. It might be fake. But the PlayStation-funded Castlevania and Metal Gear reboots or remakes, unclear. Wow. Um, so I think this would be quite a place to show it. But, like, the PlayStation Showcase... When let me see when the last one was. It was in 2021, but I'm trying to figure out the date. September 9th, 2021, is when we saw one last time. Wow! It's been and a. You can long... bet I was sitting there, waiting and watching for news. Were you? I probably was. I don't remember. We had the show, right? Yeah, we had the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that showcase very clearly, which is. I mean, that came after a pretty busy E3 season where they weren't present, so I guess that makes sense. But still, I'm really excited by what this what this could mean. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we see some really exciting stuff. It's an hour long. They better have some good stuff in here. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm excited to watch it live together. Me and Kelly will, and I'll yell at her a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll say, oh my god, Kelly, it's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man! I can't... He's swinging from the webs! He's Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. You know who also swings a little bit, maybe sometimes? On a swing set, perhaps? Gary. The... Gary... Gary, the my plumber. Yeah, he might. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have I'm, spoke. I'm talking about Link, uh, capital L. Uh, he's a yeah. little blonde. He's a little blonde fellow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you guys have been playing Tears of the Kingdom, but uh, it has been selling like hotcakes. Uh, it's sold over 10 million units. Oh, my God. In its first three days, uh, which is uh, a lot, uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's about as much as uh, Pokemon, newest Pokemon game, Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet, uh, not surprising. Um, I think this game was bound to be a bestseller. I don't think there is any shock or surprise that it's so high selling. I think it's shocking that it is uh 10 million because that's a crazy amount yeah it's like people didn't even buy the wii u that much no <laughs> so uh that's pretty pretty wild that um, is literally the second best selling zelda game ever in three days it passed the previous second place 
Twilight Princess, which has 8.7. Yeah, true. It's, I feel like it's bound to pass Breath of the Wild at 31. Yep. Well, maybe not bound. We'll see. I think it will. I think it's very, especially if there's like a next-gen patch on a hypothetical Switch 2 in a year that could maybe Hmm. bring in a second wave. That's really interesting of you to say that. I, uh, this has nothing to do with those numbers. I'm just blown away. <laughs> the thing for me that blows me away specifically is matching Pokemon numbers because that is what, like, can obviously Pokemon and Nintendo are tied, but, like, I almost feel like Nintendo's constantly like, now we got to beat Pokemon. Come on, let's do it. We got this. And now they did. They got it. They did it. They done did it. Woohoo. 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 Woo. So I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. You have? I sure have. Me too. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are. Okay. So I don't want to say too much. Have you filled your rune wheel? No, but that oh. I don't think that that means that you're... No, it doesn't mean much because I did, but I I just like happened upon something that I'm like, I feel like I'm here real early. Right. But... Right. Right. Have you done any of the main, like yes? Okay, because when you like do, you do like one main quest at the very beginning, and it's like does the same thing as Brett. It's like oh, go to one of these four points. You did one of those at least. Yes, yes. I do- just finished one. Yeah. Okay, so I think you and I are in very similar points as far as like story progression goes. Then, yes, because I finished yes. one and then I got to the location for a second, but I was like, never mind, and I left. Yeah, I have a I have a blue horse, so I don't. It's kind of it's blue and white. Um, and I don't, he's got dark blue. Ma- he's got a dark blue mane. I so, don't ride horses. <laughs> that's crazy. I just go to if I'm like, oh, I need to get there. I just go to the nearest tower and freaking fly. Yeah, but there's like places that you need to walk. That's interesting. Yeah. That's I very interesting. I feel like I've done a very like vague exploration of almost the whole map. Like I have two regions still un, un, uh, unexposed. What's the word? I haven't done the towers <laughs> of two regions, but the rest I've done. Have you been going up in the sky? Yeah, I've been doing a good bit of exploring, and I think we can now say now that we're kind of like past the opening few days, is that there's also more than just the ground and sky, but perhaps um under the ground. <gasps> that was the big surprise for me, though. I it really is, it is pretty shocking. It's big. It's, it's really big. Too. It's really scary down there. Yeah. Um but it's fun. But it's scary. But it's fun. But it's scary. You literally but it's dark. You jump into these pitch black chasms in the world and it's just an, another open world held under the main open world. Yeah. It shatters my tiny pea brain. Yeah. Consider my pea brain shattered. I feel like I just want to share like stories, but like I'm trying to think of some spoiler free ones. One, oh, I got one. I was like in this little, this little like uh, underground area, uh, not a secret place, but there's somebody who was like, oh, something's going on over there. And I'm like, oh, there's a crack in the wall. So I, I broke through the wall and I'm like, oh, I'll go through the wall. Oh, it's just a little cavern. And it'll just walk right through here. It was not a little cavern. It was a massive cave system, and it took me oh. an hour to get through. Oh, I was just like, "What? What? What the heck?" 
What the heck? What the that heck? is fun. It was awesome. And it was so well like realized and so well designed. And I was I was like, this isn't just a random set of caves. This is actually like an incredibly well designed path forward with tons of little offshoots and like cool equipment and weapons and stuff that I could find in there. Yeah. I um I'm trying to think of like fun stuff that has happened to me. Um I had a very horrific experience with the uh the gloom. Uh sometimes it's just like you're just chilling, you know, you're just walking and strolling. <laughs> and then all of a sudden a cutscene plays and it's like, uh-oh, time for the end of the world. Um and it's like Obviously, this happened in Breath of the Wild, but it was a lot less scary, in my opinion. Oh, the, are you talking about the Blood Moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so the Blood Moon happens, and you're like, okay. And then you're, like, you're just chilling, walking around. I'm like, okay, it's a Blood Moon, but I'm not by any enemies right now, so I'm not too scared. Um, Do you hear those bells? No. Okay. Kelly's hearing bells in her head. I'm a... Uh, I'm reliving my trauma of the blood moon. <laughs> and I was just walking and I was way not where I was supposed to be. I hadn't even gotten my paraglider yet, and but oh, wow. I was I was in the um the wetlands, the Linearu wetlands, because that's where I landed. I didn't really land well. <laughs> I didn't and I didn't go to the main story location because I was like, I don't want to do the main story yet, which was so <laughs> silly of me. I spent like an hour just hanging out over there in the wetlands. <laughs> Helping the Koroks and uh, dying over dying. And over again. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm walking, and all of a sudden, the music starts playing backwards, and I'm like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. And uh, yeah, I get grabbed by uh, by the gloom. I was like, it looks like, because I hadn't experienced them yet, so I didn't really get it. And I was like, oh, well, I can fight them. Um, it's very hard to fight them. Uh, Are you talking about the little, don't... like have yeah yeah the little hands when you don't have like a pair when you don't have your paraglider you don't really have any good weapons no shields no armor just vibes and uh yeah just totally got destroyed by those things what happened so i i fought them and got away with my mm -hmm. life what happens you, if you fail do you just die or do they take you, you die oh okay you die That's, i don't know maybe some of them looking. take you somewhere they are they're really scary they're like they're they've got like eyes on their palms and they kind of look like um pan's labyrinthy yeah yeah like from yeah yeah and like twilight princess like the red and black like weird I, there's so many elements of this game that remind me of twilight princess i'm like really really enjoying that because twilight princess and i have said this before but i'll say it again it's my favorite zelda game that and majora's mask and i feel like um there's a lot of elements in this game that remind me of twilight princess just yeah. like the music and the darkness and some of the design stuff in like the underworld, the Zonai kind of remind me of a uh, of the Twilly. Yeah, I'm a so. big fan of like like you said the music. I've been thinking about that. Like, it's so good. There's a lot more music in this one, and it's still subtle. It's a lot of subtle stuff, but there's definitely more of it, which I love. Um, I really enjoyed the music. So like. This follows a similar structure to Breath of the Wild where you like do a story quest and then it takes you somewhere important. Getting there is a whole to-do, and then once you're there, there's a whole lot of stuff to do. I'm not going to spoil specifics, but I will say that there was some combat in there that involved an enemy that uh, wasn't just one of the Blight Ganons, and I was very excited about that. 
Um, I there's a lot of game left, but I'm excited to see more like variety, which this game already has. You know, even the enemies that are returning, there's some variety, and I've seen a ton of new enemies, which is awesome. Um, I just think that the biggest problem Breath of the Wild had was like it was a brilliant open world to explore and so much to find, but there was kind of a lack of variety, and this game. I feel fully addresses that. Mm-hmm. And the music's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so good. The, uh, non-specifically, the equivalent of the warrior powers from the first game, like Rivali's Gale and, and that, mm-hmm. I don't like so far. What are your thoughts? The The binding is really bad on them. Yeah, and also it's like, like, why would it be that button when I use that button to pick things up? Mm-hmm. It's also visually obtrusive to me. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I'm like, go, go away. Like, stop. Because it, it, like, there's just a lot visually going on, basically at all times when you have this power <laughs> equipped. And I'm like, when that's happening, like the feeling of isolation and like exploring this world as a lone, ex- lone traveler, kind of like lessons. And I didn't. I don't know. I'm not a fan. So I've found myself turning it off unless I'm like in need of that power that it provides. And that's, I never turn the powers off in Breath of the Wild. So that, that is a change. And you know, there's a lot of game left. Maybe I'll change my mind, but right off the bat, I'm kind of, that's like one thing that I'm like, "Mm, not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love building things. Yeah. It's, it's kind of been, in other games, I'm not overly fond of like the building element, but there's something about it in this game that's just so fun. Yeah. It's because it feels very rewarding, I think. Yeah. Uh, I also really thought Fuse would kind of step to the background and I would forget about it. But now, like, when you kill an enemy, uh, like a large, let's just say you kill like a Henox, I get all excited. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to use the, the horn of the Henox to make a really cool weapon. And yeah. that's something that took like, 10 hours to really click because I was just like I'm so used to Breath of the Wild's like pick up strong weapon use strong weapon formula that it's weird to be like pick up canvas you know like this weapon is fine but like merging it with something incredible is what makes it really special and that's taking a lot of getting used to but like I really appreciate that and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying finding different parts in the environment to to fuse with because like right off the bat I found like a, a metal spike ball at one of the very early areas and I'm like, ooh, can I stick that to, like, my sword? And I did, and it worked fine. And it added, like, eight attack. And I was like, whoa. And then I, yeah. like, I killed a talus, and it it dropped a piece of itself. I won't spoil what exactly it does, but it drops something that you can fuse to your weapon. And it was, like, plus, like, 25. And I was like, oh. And I fused it to, like, a 12-strength weapon. So I'm like, this weapon is now crazy powerful for this point in the game. And I just love how much variety fusion allows for. Um, and I think they kind of probably play tested a bunch and realized people weren't using fuse because some of the large enemies drop things that you can fuse with, but you cannot pick up. Because like in Breath of the Wild, I would pick up everything, but just forget it existed. Yeah. In this game, I was picking up everything and forgetting it existed. But then you get to certain enemies and they're like, mm, you can't pick this thing up. And I'm like, well, I'm not just going to leave it. And then I'm like, oh, this is like a fusion opportunity. And I think they knew that. And they're like trying to teach you, like, please fuse with strong things. Please utilize mm-hmm. this thing we built. Yeah, definitely. What I really liked was, um, and I know this, I, I just like, 
it's such a random thing, but I was like really struggling in the one section because it was really, really cold mm. and I wasn't properly equipped. I had gone through all my cold resistance food, but I picked up a fused weapon that had a ruby on it. And, it and you were set. And I was set. I didn't have to worry about getting cold ever again. It was like, it was such a treat because the enemy was a little bit, I mean, it wasn't tough, but it was a little bit tougher than the other enemies. So I was like, yoink, yoinkity. <laughs> like a clear and reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't have to worry about being really cold again. So. Yeah. And I'm sure you could like, I haven't tried, but like you could probably just take like a stick and merge it with like a fire choo-choo jelly and be like, oh, I'm warm now. Right. I haven't tried, but like I'm sure there's lots of things that you can merge in the world that allow for that same opportunity. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously it was cool to like make recipes that allow you to be warm in the first game and find like pants that make you warm. But now the idea that you can just be like, mm, I'll make my own solution. It takes that freedom to a whole nother level. Yeah, definitely. But there's lots of little things I've experienced that I, I don't want to go into because it's like, discovery is the cool part like i went to the top right portion of the map and i was like oh no big deal and like just something in the sky islands blew my mind right away and i was like wow like this is such unexpected stuff and i realized like oh this was in the trailer but like so fleetingly that i kind of forgot it existed so when it happened i was like whoa what's happening what do i do I sound like the burp kid <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I fought something crazy another thing that was in the trailer but I won't tell you like I found this crazy creature and I was like oh I'm gonna fight it and it just decimated me I am I was <laughs> wildly ill-equipped to fight that thing but it was still awesome to find it and just be like yeah I'll try um, and it it's funny like this game almost feels like a middle ground Leaning more towards Breath of the Wild, but a middle ground between Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, where, like, you can just walk up to some crazy stuff and be like, I'll fight you, and it's just going <laughs> to go poorly. Um, yeah. There's a lot more of that in this game than in, than in the original, and that's cool and exciting, and I like that opportunity, and sometimes it goes well. Sometimes I find a talus underground when I shouldn't have, and I fight it, and I win. And I was like, wow, that was terribly hard, but then you get rewarded. And sometimes I find another guy and he um, sets me ablaze. <laughs> he beats my house down. Yeah. With me inside. With me inside. I'm looking forward to playing more. I feel like I just started and I think I have like close to 20 hours now. So I don't know when. I don't know how long this game's going to take because I don't know how much there is. You know, the underground's yeah. so big. It's going to take a while to explore, right? Yeah. But. It's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be a long haul. Kelly. Yes? Did you, did you play anything that wasn't The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom available on Nintendo Switch? Yeah, but I've talked about it all before. So I talked about it in this episode even. Well, so. well, well I guess you did. <laughs> I was telling Andrew I have a system, okay? Tell, I have a new game good, yeah. that I play. I have a comfort game that I like to replay and go back to, and that I have an online game that I am juggling. So right now my new game is Zelda, my comfort game is Fallout New Vegas, and my online games that I'm juggling are Dead by Daylight and Overwatch 2. So that's my system, and it's worked out pretty well for me. Sometimes things get switched out, uh, but yeah. 
my system is that I always need to be playing something new because I'm terrified of what it means if I play something more than once. How dare I? <laughs> um, I stepped away from Zelda for a whole 11 hours Whoa. of gaming. Like, not obviously, I've gone more than 11 hours without playing Zelda in general. But sure. uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, yes, Extra, just added another free game. It is a brand new release from the creators of Tetris Effect. It is called Humanity. It is about this little Sheba. You're a little spirit Sheba. And you guide around a bunch of uh, kind of abstract looking people, a la Lemmings, and try to solve puzzles. Get them to the goal. Grab gold people. They're called goldies. And get them to the finish line. Avoid obstacles. Avoid maybe potential enemies. Try to push blocks around. All this cool stuff in a really simplistic but beautiful art style. This definitely feels like it was made by the Tetris Effect people because your brain just kind of, you sink in. You really sink into this game and you just flow. And it blew my mind when I realized after I finished the game that it took 11 hours because I was like, no way. Like, I feel like I played this game for like five tops. But you really do just lose yourself in this game. And it was really incredibly made. The music's like abstract and trippy, which is uh, sometimes a little unsettling, but usually pretty cool. And I really like the visual style they went for. It just it just really satisfied me. And like the gameplay loop is really fun. There's a perfect amount of content here. Um, there's even like a user generated or user created thing. So you can like make levels. I did not experiment with that because it's listed as in beta. And also that's not that's not really my cup of tea. But mm -hmm. if this is the kind of game you like fall in love with, like you have this potentially infinite number of levels to play from the community and even the story, which is like mostly bare bones and background, takes some really interesting turns in the latter half and kind of kind of got emotional and like touched upon some surprisingly deep subject matters and stuff. Um, this game came out of nowhere. Like it looked cool in the PlayStation state of play that it was revealed in, but it's not something I expected to like sink my teeth into really. It's just something mm -hmm. I was like, mm, I want to play as a little Sheba, little spirit Sheba. That sounds awesome. But it was more. It was really one of the better puzzle games I've played in my life, which, you know, that's not a genre I'm deeply experienced with, but it's one that I, I do have interest in. And a game like this that can have an, a really cool and engaging single player story. Um, I just, I just really was, was happy playing this game and like Tetris effect. When I went to sleep after playing it, I was like thinking in terms of this game <laughs> um, which is a little stressful sometimes because this game can be a bit stressful. Yeah. Uh, I really recommend this game. It runs like butter on PS5. Cannot vouch for the PS4 performance, but it is incredibly cool. If you have PlayStation Plus Extra, please get this game. It's on there. It's well worth your time at least to try. Uh, the fact that it pulled me away from Tears of the Kingdom for 11 hours is all you really need to know because... I'm deeply in love with Tears of the Kingdom, and even so, I was like, mm, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to play Humanity, and I beat it in less than a week, so. Nice. So. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Do it. Do you like dogs? Do you like Shebas? Do I like dogs? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm still <laughs> deciding. <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the fence. <laughs> um, I'm excited for next week. Hopefully, we have lots and lots of of PlayStation news to discuss. 
Let's 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 have a game here, Kelly. Okay. Uh, and I know we didn't write this down, so you have to come up with them on the spot. So good luck. Um, oh God. Three hopes slash oh, predictions. I can't. Okay. I'll start if that makes it easier. So just ignore what I'm saying and think. I'm gonna say in no particular order. I want to see Castlevania. I want to see Final Fantasy VII Reunion. And I want to see. Kingdom Hearts 4. That's interesting. I know that was two Square Enix titles, but oh well. That's all right. I would like to see this uh, little Metal Gear situation. What's that okay. all about? All right. Okay. All right. Um, I also would like to see Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> very, very well stated. Very yes. well. Wow. Ironic that I couldn't. Very, <laughs> very well put. Thanks. Um, and I don't know for a third one. I think it's hard because I feel like so much of what used to be at PlayStation or PlayStation adjacent events is now with Microsoft. So it's hard for me to say. Why? Because you're really into Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. You know oh, wait. Me. That's the other way around. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess realistically, I would love to see. See, I don't know, because they're going to be at a Summer Games Fest. Who? What? EA. Oh. Bioware. Yeah. What? I, I think if we'd see I anything, we'd see it there. It, but... That's usually where things happen for them. Uh, yeah. They're promising so much stuff for this, though, so I'm very curious what, that, what the third-party stuff is, mostly. I would be interested to see... Hmm. We haven't really seen anything about the Silent Hill 2 remake, have we? Hmm, that'd be a good place for that. I think so too, because it's not like super low key, but it's not, it's a remake, you know? So it's not like a brand new, spanking new game. So yeah, I feel, I feel like, like a three minute trailer could really hit during that show. Yeah, some gameplay. I, I want to add one more because they mentioned that there's indies there. I really want to see Yacht Club Games, the creators of Shovel Knight. I want to see their new game, Mina the Hollower, and like more of what that game's yes. going to be. And also, yes. please release it soon. <laughs> yes. Give it to me. Put it in my hand right now. I thought you were going to say mouse. Oh, God. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be shocked if it had a physical release. So at this point, you could just put your whole computer in your mouth. True. Yeah, true. I don't know where this... I feel like the, the thread has been lost. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thanks so much for listening today to Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. You're welcome. We... Next week, we'll be talking about whatever happens at the PlayStation event, and we're so excited to share it with you, and it will be a little bit later in the week, because it's a summer weekend, baby, Memorial Day in the United States. What do you think about that? The audience can't see my mildly disturbed (laughs) reaction. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye! (laughs)